Welcome to the Card Custom Home and Architecture Podcast, the podcast that guides those looking for a home that expresses their unique lifestyle to release creative DNA into their project and have it completed while keeping the artistic vision alive. Now, here's your architect creative, J.D. Carling. Hello, welcome back to the Card Custom Home and Architecture Podcast. Last week, we talked about modernism is dead. If you didn't listen to that episode, my goal was to share with you the idea that an architectural movement is all about the exploration or discovering something new, and that is the architecture. And once it's become a defined thing, that's when it ceases to be architecture, and it just becomes a series of rules for you to follow. And we want your custom home. We hope that's why you're here listening, or some of you are even listening because of your business, you're an entrepreneur, or you're a company that is wanting something custom and unique for yourself that's crafted around the way you live and work. Today, I'm going to kind of expand that as well in my eyes. So today, I'm going to title it New Luxury. So the idea that you have this home and someone's working on it and it's custom for you, a lot of times people will discuss it and they'll say something to the effect of my tile cost this much, right? My blank is this rare or it was the only something. And those are okay. It's going to be exciting to want to get something from far away of a place that you visited that you like that material. But I don't think luxury in the sense of having a custom home is that same thing. So the definition of luxury is being extravagant or having great comfort in what you're doing. And a lot of people will think, well, I've got this huge room. Now, a huge room can make you feel good, right? But that's just a list of what you want. The idea of marketing is often talking about features versus benefits, right? So it's like, if you're listing all the features, this is this expensive, right? This is this rare, this came from this far, this was the number one person for this, I can resell it for this much. Those are all features. Now, there and there's certainly benefits to those, but if you see yourself listing those things for their feature, I think that you will have more long-term connection to your home if you're talking about the things that you want it to do in your life day to day. Kanye West, yes, I'm going to quote him. He's very much into architecture. And I think he said something I'm not going to quote because last week I quoted Nas as saying uh, rap is dead. And as soon as I said it, I knew, dang, he said hip hop is dead. That was the name of his album. And I felt uh, silly, but the idea was still there. So Kanye West said something to the effect that luxury isn't actually even having the thing. It's the ability to have the thing. And I've got this much money. I could get this if I want to. I could afford five of those. And it's a snazzy sounding statement. I think in the context of your home, luxury is attention and luxury is care. And you want to pour out care. Like if the definition of luxury is extravagant living or excess, I don't think that it is as important for you to have actually poured hand concrete tile as it is for you to be extravagant in the attention that you pay 
to the design, to the thoughtfulness that you put into what you were creating. On a, a house I did one time, we'd quoted them, and I'm going to go to my concrete statement. We had quoted them handcrafted concrete tile. And this company had certain ones that they made. And they were very expensive. When we were about to do the tile, I said, hey, let's look at this stuff again and find out what the values are. And they went back to things that they grew up with that they connected to that struck a chord in their heart. So it was like, this is a feeling I get from when I was younger when I look at this tile. And the tile was a totally different one than we anticipated. And it was actually like the last one we looked at. We were so happy that we brought it in and showed it to our client. We actually didn't even show it on the initial presentation. It was after we all felt uncomfortable about the tiles that we thought we knew we wanted and were about to install that I was like, hey, let's look at this one. I didn't want to show it to you. As soon as they saw it, they had this emotional connection. This is what I had a feeling at when I was younger. And I want that to be in my house. I want to pass that on to my kids. So we put that in. And they had a budget, and that allowed us to move the budget to another room and do the tile in a different way in that room. That's in stark contrast to a home that I'm just about to start. And they talked to me about how they had worked with an architect before who basically just signed and sealed their plans and did the permit drawing. And they said, we were getting in there trying to under construction and we were just slinging details, trying to get a craftsman to put something together and things like that. And when I saw they had done, it was it's very, very beautiful. But I want to say that that's a luxury you cannot afford to skimp on, to put the attention towards things so that they turn out good. So that if something was lined up, you make sure that it's it is lined up correctly. Now, this is my personal philosophy I'm about to share about putting things together. Just yesterday, I was on a site and my client was looking at the, I'm not the builder on this project, but my client was looking at, we got a hand poured concrete countertops for them. And they were talking about how maybe the line of the two pieces of countertop didn't line up perfectly and how there was a little bit of variation in it. And I'm looking at it, I'm going, is the feeling of what you want there because the point of a concrete countertop is that it's a hand-poured thing. It's not done by a machine. When you get a quartz countertop or a porcelain countertop, those are made by a laser cutter, right? Or a water jet, CNC machine. They're supposed to be engineered, very smooth, very shiny. When you're doing a, a hand-poured concrete countertop, you want to know, hey, this person put their labor into it. You want to see their hands. Now, there's a certain level of smoothness and cleanliness for hygiene reasons and stuff like that that the countertop needs to but those are more of a work of art and I'm telling him when you look at this that slight variation you can tell somebody put their hand on it I'm very very connected to the idea that craftsmanship is you want it to be perfect but you still want it to be able to be evident that a person put their care and attention on that product and a lot of times that comes with some of the little imperfections that go with it. And it's somewhat akin to, I can't remember if it's in China and Japan, it's probably both that sometimes when a pot will crack or something will crack, then they will pour gold into it and emphasize that thing that happened to it, that they'll respect that age, that they will respect the life of that thing, the life of that, that object. 
And we want to do that with architecture. When it's done, we want to know that people in your town, there's 200-something people that will be working on your custom home. And you want to be able to see that. So I was really inspired when I was in college. I had the privilege of uh, going to, or I was going to say, should I say luxury? I had the ability to visit an architectural firm that was in our town in Vicenza at University of Florida. And the architect was giving us a tour. And I was looking at his work and he even explained to us that when he started on his career, he was so focused on like this piece, this detail needs to meet the perfect craftsmanship. This needs to be connected in a certain way. And I'm not talking about functionality, waterproof, safety, like protecting things from electrical. I'm talking about the texture that you get on something when you actually put your time and effort into it. Like I use a laser to line up everything. And this guy I'm sure would too. But he became more interested in the life that came from the designer and the craftsman putting the materials in. So he would deliberately pick materials that would still be able to show that somebody had worked on the building. And this is just a side note. If you have not been to Tulum, the craftsmanship there and the architects there right now are doing a great job of what I'm talking about. So you could go there and stay in some of the new condos and hotels there to see what I'm talking about kind of citywide. That's one city that I think is doing that. Now, it's in stark contrast. If you go to Dubai, it's all very engineered. There's some, of course, the, the textural feeling, but it's a much more engineered and precise look overall. And I'm proposing that you can see that humanity in it when you allow the hand gesture to be shown in that concrete or in that wood, when you can see the movement of the person placing that concrete or carving that wood. And Orlando, thankfully, where I do most of my projects, is blessed with many, many people who are good at just striking that perfect balance between that engineered feel, getting things lined up, and keeping that personal touch in there. And so I'm very thankful to be a part of this community of craftsmanship, architects, builders here. So that's what I'm going to propose to you, that that's what you look for when you're designing or choosing a material, that you uh, go for that. Now, and sometimes there may be areas where there's a nice contrast. Of course, glass, We I've done a lot of projects with stained glass, and that always has that hand feel. We also do a lot of windows, but we've gone to using a lot more like wood frames and things like that. So you can see that hand movement in there in the install. Don't skimp on being extravagant with your attention to the time with your architect, the time with your person who is leading the design on your project so that those things will come through. If you call someone and you're like, I'm proposing this to you, a lot of people will call and they'll have like called a builder, which is fine. They're great for helping you find out cost and schedule and things like that. And they'll say, I know what I want in my plan. I need somebody to give me a permit set and I'm going to work everything out with my builder. That's a recipe oftentimes for just having a very non-engaged experience as far as the connectivity to yourself and your, and your home. If you're just doing your layout, even in the concept phase, we'll go back and forth like, 
do we want this piece here? Do we want the door to connect with the bedroom and this closet next to it in this way so that when you open it up, you're seeing into the room and you're greeted by the light across from the view in the bedroom? I've seen so many plans that so many people have complained to me about that they'll say like, hey, we just had them do a designer. We paid them 1500 bucks and they did this plan. The builder is not going to go and redo the whole thing. They may move something here or there. They may be like, hey, send this to your architect and, and send them a little bit to move this wall for something. But you want to move through the home. You want to have that touch. Just like I'm suggesting that you embrace the craftsmanship and tactility and texture in the things that go into your home. The light switches, the handles, the floor, the door, the jams on your doors, all those things. Do the same thing with your plan. You want the design of your plan to feel lived in. Of course, your life may change. You may have a shower and you want to have a bathtub or something later or vice versa. You have young kids and you want your plan to feel lived in. You want it to have that depth and consideration in the way you move through things. And that goes through repetition. I do a lot of plans, right? I do a lot of concept massing. And in every case, the first thing you do has something, has an idea, because you've talked about it. We've done research most of the times. So we've gone through the dreams, nature, and effects exercises to know what we want in there. So there's always something good in there. But overall, I would say the first time is usually crap. If you were to just go through those exercises that I prescribe, which you can, if you're just listening, you could go to the first episode. You'll have a lot of those ideas in there, but they're not fleshed out. And I like the term fleshed out because it that's talking about being worked through in my mind, or they've been massaged, they've been cared for. The connectivity, the turn around the corner, the connection between a surface and a space. How do those define each other? How does light spill from one space to another? How does it define a space. Maybe two spaces seem like they're together, but the light, the way you turn them on, the way they're arranged can make that space feel more lived in or more considered. And that to me is the ultimate idea of luxury is it's luxury to me is have <laughs> luxury of not having the burden of unnecessary stuff, the burden of having so much extra, the burden of having to care for things that aren't necessarily necessary. I'm for sure the Biltmore and Versailles and things like that, when they were built, the people were like, this is luxury, right? But the maintenance on that is a burden. There's so many big homes that they're not sustainable. They're not something that, that continue on for generations in their original intent. Now, they continue on in our minds like, it's really fun to go be able to see those things. So I'm glad they're still part of the earth, part of the universe and something that we can experience. But it's not like, hey, this is Louis's house and it's still like in the family in the same way that it's like a day-to-day -day living experience for them. And so by working through your plan, now it could be a 30,000 square foot house or it could be a 300 square foot space. So it isn't so much just the amount of space, but it's for what you're doing, for what's sustainable for you, working it and getting it to that level to where the plan is lived in and it's a sustainable thing for you and it's not a burden to you. People will talk a lot about like, hey, my house uses this much energy, 
right? Like we exceeded the energy code by this much. So there's a, a burden there, right? A burden on the energy grid or the burden on manufacturing solar panels. But there's also the uh, luxury that comes from making a plan that is useful to you, making a plan that will last for you, that won't go out of style, that's not a fad for you, but it's something that you're emotionally and relationally connected to within you, your family, and whoever lives with you, that going through that will benefit you and be that type of luxury, the luxury of not being burdened by more than is necessary, more than what you connect with. Today, I want to leave you with that. Put the extravagance into the new luxury of working through the design of your home to where you're not talking about, hey, my bathtub is $15,000. It may be 15, but what does it do for you? What is your life like? Like, is doing exercise and taking Epsom salt bath and restoring important to you? Design it around that. And if it needs that specific thing, that's what it will be. If it's not, and you may discover it's something else, take the time to filter through your thoughts, filter through the design exercises to find out that what you were really looking for is a place to restore. You weren't looking for the mega expensive bathtub. It may include the mega expensive bathtub, but you'll be led down a more correct path when the focus is on the benefit and the lifestyle that you're wanting to experience through your architecture in your home. Thank you so much. I hope this gets your mind going. A custom home is not the cheapest home. If buying a track home versus a custom home, nine times or 99 times out of 100 will not be the cheaper way to go. But for you, if you know that it is right for you, we want you to spend that money and spend that investment in a way that you'll connect with for a long time. So think through those things, work through your plan. If you're working with somebody else, Say, hey, we want to make sure this plan is lived in. We want to make sure it's worked through. If you haven't started yet and you own property, give CARD a call. Go to ca-rd.com and you can talk with us. We'll walk you through going through your dreams, the nature, you know, the your property, the effects, the things that are affecting your thing like finances, outside building codes, zoning codes, and get you on the right path so that you have the luxury of that home that you connect with. If you're just starting, please listen to the rest of the podcast and join us next week for another episode of the Card Custom Home and Architecture podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. My name is JD Carling once again, and I look forward to talking with you about your custom home. Thank you. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to the Card Custom Home and Architecture podcast. If you are ready to start your journey of a lifetime designing and building a custom home or project, sign up for a free consultation at ca-rd.com today. We look forward to the journey together and making something unique for you and your family. If you have any topics you want to discuss or questions about your custom home design for future episodes, send us a message via our website, ca-rd.com. And again, join us next time for another episode of the Card Custom Home and Architecture Podcast.